1: Hello my beautiful friends. Oh my gosh, it's Friday. I'm all smiles. I have a story for you. I will tell you why in a minute. Don't worry, it's juicy, it's good, and you'll hear it. Okay, so this whole episode you're going to love, I think, because I've been so curious to know: like, how are you guys surviving quarantine? How has it been? What have the ups and downs been? I've heard from my clients, things, and Um, I just thought it'd be fun to connect as fellow moms and just share like real life, real deal. I'm going to tell you some stuff about my business, some stuff about me personally, like my kids and I being sick. I'm just going to share with you what life has really been like behind the scenes here for me because I'm a real person (laughs) and I'm not just in this world to Sell life coaching. Although I absolutely am committed to doing that. And I love doing that and it blesses the world immensely. So I will continue doing that. I'm also here to connect with you and to let you see me. And I want to see you. I want to be, be seen and I want you to be seen. I want us to create a really special place together. That's on all my platforms, the podcast, Instagram. So by the way, if you ever guys, if you guys ever just want to drop me a line and like literally just say hi to me, you can just email me in my inbox. Like I check my email multiple times a day. It's just Liz Langston coaching at gmail.com preference. I go by Lizzie, but for a while I thought it was cool to do like Liz. And so I did. And then I was like, that was weird. I don't do that. I'm Lizzie forever. So that's funny. If you ever see me as Liz, that's, you know, why, what happened? (laughs) I'm a human. I make choices. And then I'm like, "Mm, that's not me. (laughs) All right. So today I'm going to tell you all about how quarantine has been for me. First, before I do, I have to read one of my new gorgeous reviews. You guys are so nice. Like I can't get over how nice your reviews are. I mean, I think you're not being nice. (laughs) I think saying you're being nice only discounts the fact that this podcast really is an amazing free resource for the public. So I do want to give credit to myself as well for creating it. But I also like, wow, you guys are so abundant in giving back reviews. So real quick, let me read one. Okay. This review is from McClay and I got to talk to McClay briefly a little bit. She has the cutest Southern accent. It's adorable. And she just touched my heart. Okay. So this was left on April 23rd, 2025 stars, April 23rd, my son's birthday. He turned six that day. So special for me. All right. So her review is titled. She gets it with three exclamation points. (laughs) She says, Monday, my baby will be five months old. I've recently started to struggle Monday of this week. I found Liz and I, Oh, and all I can say is thank you. I've never listened to a podcast until now. She is truly amazing. And so real. I love it here with a little heart emoji. Okay. I chose this review. I want to choose all the reviews, but I chose this one because she said, I love it here. like here is a place. This podcast is a place where mamas can come. Oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional and I have like a sinus blockage. So I'm all nozzly nasally. Okay. So I remember the late night nursing sessions and podcasts. Like if I had had a podcast like this, oh, life coaching on steroids directed towards specifically postpartum moms by a real person who really has been through it, who has really good tools too. like, Oh, I would die and go to heaven and come right back. I can be a better person. Like amazing. So I'm so glad she said here. I want this to be here for you home, a place you can come a, a safe place. You know, I think our system fails us a little bit as far as, having, you know, there's either like inpatient care where you're locked into a hospital with like the crazies or you are like totally struggling at home. And I hope that here this podcast can be a glorious in-between. A virtual in-between. I'm so grateful to God and to the people that have invented the internet and microphones and all of the stuff that makes this possible. Me even being in your ear right now, right next to you while you're nursing that baby or changing diapers or doing the dishes. So without further ado, let's get closer connected. I'm going to tell you about how coronavirus has really been for me. Okay. So I broke it down into 10 points And it's kind of like a timeline from the beginning, moving into the end of Corona. I'm so excited to share this with you. So point number one, we were so sick, you guys. So what happened is we went on a spring break vacation to Arizona. And this was like, just as the coronavirus stuff was really getting big. So we went to Arizona, not even knowing what the coronavirus was. Um, Maybe we'd heard about it, but like, it wasn't a big thing yet. This was like early, early March and then by the time we leave Arizona a week later uh we're trying to wash our hands at all the gas stations we don't have masks but it hasn't really sunk in yet how crazy it all is um but we did go into a grocery store in New Mexico and saw people with masks and gloves and that was the first time it hit me and it kind of made me want to learn more about what was going on because I genuinely had no idea yet and so um yeah that was early March was the beginning of quarantine here in Colorado. I think it was for a lot of people. And when we got home from that trip, we got so sick. Um my kids and I, my husband like never gets that sick. I don't know what the deal is. He like doesn't eat as good as I do at all. Like he will fully admit to that, and he doesn't get as sick. I mean sometimes he does. I guess I got to be fair, but it's just funny. I think I spend more time with the kids though cuz he it, you know, at this time he was working a lot more. And, uh, and so maybe that's why, what is it? You guys also, I think it should be a rule of the universe that pregnant moms don't get sick. <laughs> like it just needs to happen. Oh, okay. So, uh, my kids had fevers for seven days and I don't know about you, but that's a long time to have grumpy kids with fevers. I seriously handled it like a champ. I have to contribute or attribute that to uh, my coaching because my postpartum anxiety was bad. And when I healed from, you know, my mental health postpartum, the th- the one thing that kind of lingered for the longest was not my depression. It was the anxiety. And I worked on that. Not even directly. Sometimes I was just getting coaching on my business, but just learning how to pay attention to my thoughts and feel my feelings just revolutionized my relationship with my anxiety to the point where now my kids get sick because it was always health related, right? Like I had health related postpartum anxiety and it was always health related. When my kids got sick, I freaked out, especially my baby. And so now, um, when this happened in March, like I, I had moments where I was nervous, but I also like could keep going. It wasn't debilitating. I didn't have like spin outs, freak outs. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night and have to wake my husband up because I was just so scared about what was going to happen with our kids. I did sleep on the floor in my son's room one night. Cause I was concerned about his oxygen levels and was listening to him breathing. And I also was calm about it and just listening to his breathing, like very logically, not in this scary place of worst case scenarios in my mind. So if that's you guys, like I am an expert on, uh, mental health, postpartum and specifically anxiety and depression. So please come talk to me if you need more help with that. Okay. So that was the first two weeks, you guys, it was cray, cray. It was like so sick and slow and hard. And I, um, was just really doing a lot of meta reflecting. I don't know if you've ever heard the word meta, like that's so meta. Like it's, it was just so zoomed out. I was purposely not watching the news, but I didn't have to, in order to gauge the new facts and environment going on. Like I was baffled at human behavior with the hoarding of the toilet paper and people just like attacking people on the streets that were from China. Like I just was con- my conviction to do what I do as a health mental health coach and to really teach people on a layperson level, not on like a PhD level, just like a, I've been through it and these tools actually work. I'm so my, it just really spurred this desire to go deeper into my own work in my business and get these tools out there. And I was in that freak out. So I really just shared a little bit of point two with coronavirus, which was Um, I had some freak out from the freak out of the people. (laughs) I wasn't as scared of the virus itself, although that did concern me and it still does. You know, I have, you know, I'm like trying to be careful and stuff, but I also was just mostly, it was so, I was so surprised at the way the media was handling things and the way that people were handling things. Um, and it really started to make me just ponder in my heart about the time of the world that we're living in. Right. If you want to call it the last days, like whatever kind of your context and frame of references spiritually, it caused me to reflect on actually, oddly enough, like my ancestors, I felt really thirsty to just, I, um, I use a place called family search online. Anyone can use it. And I just felt like I wanted to draw closer to my, those that have come before me. It was this strange feeling you guys, it's never been that strong in my life. Like I've kind of dabbled in family history, ancestry work before like it's a big part of my religion, um like for my religion, but for me personally, I was like kind of interested. But during this coronavirus time because we were at home and I just felt so lonely, I wanted to learn about the stories of like my great-grandmother and great-great great grandmother and grandfathers and Just kind of ponder on the lives they lived and what was hard for them because coronavirus has been definitely a monumental, I think, historical event for all of us. And then for me personally, my life, it's an important part of my legacy. And as you'll find out in this podcast, it's really contributed to who I'm going to become. I think it really sped things up in that way for me. I'm excited to tell you more about it. So, um, I did a lot of family history and I left the first two weeks and went into week three with this fire in me to just give um and to teach these tools and to find out how I was gonna let this event change me and be who I was. So the first two weeks of struggle were really vital to me. And whether you struggled for a little bit and then kind of got your footing or you're still struggling, I like, and when I say struggling, I just mean you just don't feel like you're all the way there. It's been ups and downs. Don't compare with me or with anyone else how long it's been taking. I just want to offer like there is something on the other side of the hard. I found that two weeks in, I kind of started to grasp it and get my hands on it. And I want to inspire you to believe the same for you that it's there. What is it, right? Maybe you can't see it yet. You can't articulate it, but it's waiting. And I'm so excited to try to help you find it here on this podcast episode. So keep your eyes kind of in your mind open to that. Okay, so point number three, right? We were sick. I had my two weeks of freak out. And about week three, because of my kicked up desire to get these tools out to more people, because I have compassion on the moms who, you know, I could see on social media just struggling with postpartum depression even more or delivering in hospitals without their husbands. Like I cried tears, you guys. I did a free bonus episode that my my heart went out um to that and just like all of the hard things for moms specifically what I did is I sort of doubled down in my business and in order to do that I had to let things go. So point three is I let things go in the house, um, with laundry, like it just didn't get done for a few weeks. Like I would do the minimum and it would stay in baskets. I barely got some folding done. Typically I By the end of the week, I fold it and put it away. But this last few weeks, you know, about three or four weeks in um the coronavirus quarantine, by choice, I have just let it fall to the bottom. And I've just worked my mind around the laundry bins sitting there. I've worked my mind around my kids being like, I need clean clothes, like coming down in their undies in the morning and me being like, okay, the laundry basket's over there. It's clean. Just dig through it and find something. Whereas normally I might be frustrated with myself or have unmet expectations. Like I just allowed myself to let that be. And it was fine. And I probably will pick back up the laundry when things get a little more normal. Maybe I might hire a nanny soon again and have some help. And, but for the meantime, like I let that go. It wasn't that easy at first though. I will tell you, I'm making it sound like, Oh yeah, I just managed my mind. I had some struggles for sure. I was a little bit torn at first. Like I knew that's what needed to happen. And I was also really upset about it. And like, Oh, I kind of missed my old routine. I missed all that I used to be able to do. But the more I leaned into the newness of what I wanted to do. And the more that I kind of worked with my clients, actually, I learned so much often through my clients, my clients were struggling with the same things, right? Like they were like, I miss our routine. I miss." all that I was able to get done. Now I just have the kids more. We've got schoolwork. It like gets hard. And through coaching my clients, I was able to take that, reverse that lesson and put it back into my life and be like, okay. I can be okay with letting some things drop on purpose because circumstances have changed so much because I have more on my plate. I don't have any childcare right now. I usually do have a few hours of childcare a day or even just a couple hours. Um, and I, there's a lot I didn't have. So I was able to just take that into the equation and have like create that grace, produce that grace with myself, which I'm so grateful for. And, um, another thing I let go besides just the laundry, And again, this was gradual to where I didn't love it at first. And I struggled with it at first. And I had to work my mind around my mind around it, which was my kids and their shows. So because I don't have childcare and because I wasn't willing to let things slow down or fall down in my business, um, because I'm dedicated to the moms out there who are struggling and don't have these tools, right? Like I'm, I'm having a hard time and I, I have a coach. I have tools to get through it. Like it takes me some time and then I get it figured out. And I just know there's so many of us right now who, um, just could use that extra support and have never really been taught some things that I feel like I was taught earlier on. And I hope that doesn't come off condescending at all. You guys, like this is really just a heart of helping and extending and reaching and giving often for free, right? On this podcast, I want to help you, um, learn what was never taught to us. So it's not like a, Oh, you don't know. And you should like, no, you shouldn't No, Like this is the biggest secret. Like nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but really these tools aren't taught to us growing up. And in fact, oftentimes the opposite is modeled to us instead of feeling your feelings. We're taught to bury them or we're made fun of. If we bring them up, you know, because the humans around us were uncomfortable, they didn't know what to do with their feelings. So they're going to tell us what not to do with our feelings. They don't know. Right. Or, um, nobody teaches us to pay attention to our thoughts. Like logically we're all like, oh yeah, our thoughts create our feelings and our actions and our results, but we don't actually know how to create thoughts intentionally and create feelings and actions and results intentionally in our lives. And so, um, because I was dedicated to serving these moms, one of the things I did is I just allowed my kids to watch more shows. And, um, maybe you guys are in that boat. I'm sure you are. And whether your reasons were the same or not, it doesn't matter again, don't compare and despair here. But the important thing is that, um, they, it was hard sometimes my kids, you know, I'm not talking like watching all day, but maybe like instead of one hour a day, it was like two to four hours some days while I was getting work done or husband was, or both. And, um, I, had to work my mind around that and use these coaching tools to be like, okay, circumstances are neutral. I used to choose thoughts about my show, my kids being on shows for this amount of hours as like, this is unacceptable. Um, This isn't good for them. I don't like this. This hurts their brain. We're losing out on so much connection. And like those thoughts served me when I had childcare and that's why I had childcare But when childcare became unavailable to me and coronavirus changed, I still was thinking these thoughts sometimes. And so I, I had like a guilt storm for a bit, a couple of weeks, like it was a struggle. And then gradually, and I was so grateful to my friend, Lara Garn, who is a life or sorry. Yeah. She's a life coach. She's certified through the life coach school. Like I am. She's also a homeschool mom coach and she's been homeschooling for a lot longer than I have because I started in December. She's been doing it for like six years, I think. And she actually was on the podcast a few episodes back. Episode thirty-seven, I believe. So go check that one out. But um she helped me just realize that my thoughts about technology might need to change to serve me. Um the circumstance changed and I could have kept my same thoughts about technology, but it would have cost me time in my business. It would have definitely um created new dynamics and more on my plate in the motherhood department. And I just unfortunately couldn't have that and didn't have the option to delegate it right for child for um a nanny or whatever. And so, yeah, it was amazing to just watch myself change that. And I let those things go. I didn't meal plan. I spent more money on groceries because I wasn't meal planning because I just didn't have the capacity and the energy. I was a little bit in overwhelm and freak out for a bit. And I just like, let myself be there. And I didn't hold myself into this tight space of like, no, like I have to save money with the budget. I was like, you know what? We're going to spend a little bit more money on meals and that's okay. And I'll just go make more money. It's fine. (laughs) So, and then number four, I clung to other things. So number three was I let things go, right? The laundry, the meal plans. Number four is I really dug deeper in some other things. Strategically, I didn't really know. I don't know how strategic it really was at first, but looking back, I'm like, wow, that was so amazing. Like I, it didn't, wasn't right at first, but about three weeks in, I was able to gradually Start to let the things go that didn't matter and really dig deeper in the things that did matter. And so, one of those things was spiritual work, Um, reading my scriptures. I started reading them every day, if not every other day. I think the most I went without reading them was like two days. And if I wasn't reading them, then I was, you know, listening to spiritual podcasts or magazines or something. So I, I have a rooted in Christ journal. So I don't know if you've heard of the small seed. It's a blog that my beautiful sister-in-law, Lizzie Jensen runs. We have the same name, except she married my brother. So she has my old name, which is Lizzie Jensen and I'm Lizzie Langston. It's so funny. Anyway, she runs the small seed. Go check it out. It's a Christian faith based. I mean, she's LDS, but she keeps it really, really just a community of faith for women and it's so beautiful. She does such a nice job. And my mom gifted me a a journal that they released called the rooted in Christ journal. And so it just has some really marvelous prompts to kind of guide your scripture study. So I did that each day. Um, and then I also deepened my work in coaching. So of course I, I already have, and I pay for a weekly hour long session with my personal life coach. Just, we talk about business, family, whatever comes up for me. But then also I have a program I'm a part of called 2K for 2K and it's just like to teach life coaches to make money and they offer daily coaching in there. And I went to almost every single call, like 98% of those calls I showed up to, to get my brain coached. And of course, like it was kind of on business, but it was also just like keeping my mind sharp, keeping me in my mind and in my thoughts and controlling you know kind of at the helm of the ship of my life. <laughs> and so um I could have easily just not gone to all those and I didn't at first, right? The first couple of weeks I struggled more. But I think for the last 2 weeks or so until they stopped doing the daily coaching cuz she was just offering it as a gift during coronavirus to all of us coaches, but I like took advantage of that. And that's what I offer in my group program is daily support. I think it's the best way to start out when you're new to coaching. It doesn't give your brain too much time to like (laughs) run away with things. And maybe I'll think differently about that in the future. But for now, it's beautiful and it's working so much for my clients. Um, and so yeah, I love daily coaching. It was really great to be able to have that in my 2K program. And then So that was kind of like, I started to come out of the freak out and started to dig a little deeper in the things that mattered. And because of this point number five is I had energy to give more. I started doing a free Facebook group. I've never done that before. It genuinely just sounded fun. Like I just had so much good energy to give because I was focused on serving others. Like I was focused on serving the postpartum moms. And I wouldn't have been able to get to that point if I wasn't cleaning out my brain really hard for like two weeks. I struggled. Like, I don't know if I gave you guys enough of a picture of that. Like those first two weeks we were sick. I was overwhelmed. I was a little freaked out. I was afraid. I felt all of the feelings. Um, so I hope you see that too. Like this was rough for me. The difference I guess is that I went and I got tools. I have access to tools. I pay for coaching in two different areas. I'm a heavy investor in my mind. And because of that, like I didn't stay in it as long and I was able to have a ladder to climb out of it. I had people reaching down and pulling me up and I pay for that on purpose because that's just how I want to live my life. Um, and so because of that, I could reassure my kids. Like, So point number five was leadership. I went from struggling to getting tools to then having a desire to give and then being a leader during coronavirus. And um, I I could reassure my kids and they were able to follow suit. So like, if you were to ask my kids, they're not afraid of coronavirus. They know it's important to wash our hands. They know why we don't just take them everywhere right now. And they sometimes want to complain and they do about not being able to go to the trampoline place, but they're also not like afraid. And so I just feel like I was able to really give them a nice balance because I was balanced because I did the work to be balanced. I created that, right? Um, And so in my business, I gave free coaching for two weeks on an hour long call. Not a ton of people came to take advantage of it but I really just was like there. I showed up. I'm really proud of that. Um, I, then I started teaching webinars. I just decided to start teaching on things that were helping me through coronavirus. And that was one of my most attended webinars this last Thursday. So not yesterday, but the day before or the week before I taught a webinar on processing your emotions instead of reacting to them. And I will just take a minute here to tell you that is my number one most attended webinar. It was my number one most listened to podcast. And so I'm going to teach it again this coming Thursday, May 14th at 11am Mountain Standard Time. Okay. So if you want to be in on this and you want to learn how to process your emotions, I will just tell you when we don't process our emotions, we store them in our bodies and they come up unexpectedly like a beach ball that pops up out of the water when you're trying to lay on it and wrestle with it and keep it under the water. So if you have like those moments where you just lose it, you're probably not processing. You're probably resisting and or avoiding kind of muting and pushing down your emotions. So I want to teach you how to not do that. You guys come to the free training. You have to just register for it. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can come find me on Instagram and there'll be a link in my bio there. But that has been game changing. And that's actually another thing that I learned during coronavirus was to feel my feelings. So this is point number six is I Oh my gosh. I had like one of my own personal moments where I was freaking out. I was having a shame storm. I felt like I wasn't doing good enough in my business. I wasn't doing good enough in my home. And I took it to my coach who is an amazing coach. And I was like, please coach me out of this. Basically I wanted her to change my thoughts so that I didn't feel the pain. And she said, okay, in a minute, (laughs) she said, first, tell me how you're feeling. And I said, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like this is terrible. I feel like I'm just the worst. Like I just was like ugh, in it. She's like, no, 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 no. That's how you're thinking. Those are thoughts, right? So many times we say, we say I feel like, and then we say a thought. That's how in, in our heads we are, you guys. Feelings are sensations in the body. They're in the body. They don't have language to them. You have to put adjectives to them. but. They're not like, I feel like I'm doing a bad job. That's not a feeling. That's a thought. So notice the difference and go into your body. So my coach redirected me into my body and I resisted it. I fought her on it. I'm like, you know what? No, I want to go watch a movie. Like That's what I was going to do. I literally remember being like, shoot, I shouldn't even have brought it up to her. (laughs) My clients are probably laughing because they have moments where they probably don't want to bring me stuff too. Like that's okay. And Um, But I did. I just was like, (laughs) and she's like, what are you feeling? Like, go into your body. And you guys, this was revolutionary for my entire life and for my coronavirus quarantine time, which is that I spent 10 minutes. She said, just set a timer for 10 minutes and write only adjectives about the sensations in your body. So, out of your head, into your body, go. And so I did. And I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to fill up 10 full minutes. I used all the minutes, all 10 minutes. I filled up two full pages. I mean, sometimes I sat there and I paused for a while and I was like, what is it? You know? Um, but I described shame. And if you come to the free training, I will share with you my two pages that I wrote about shame. It was amazing, miraculous. And all of a sudden I didn't have to go watch a chick flick because I was okay. I actually went to bed feeling shame, but it was like, There's the feeling itself, the sensation, and then there's, there's our freak out about it and our resistance of it. And that creates the experience to where we think our feelings are a problem when we think they're so bad. This is super true. You guys with anxiety. So if you struggle with anxiety, you have to learn this because anxiety will never go away. And the more you want it to go away, the more it will bounce back in your face. (laughs) Like boom. So no, it's not fun, right? I know. I know I've been there, but you can learn a different way. Nobody teaches us this. It's okay. I can teach you it. I've got you. So come to the free training. So that was point number six is I just learned this. this, I had this moment and I don't think I would have had this moment if it weren't for coronavirus, because I don't know, like life's just so busy. There's so many ways to escape. We can go watch a movie. We can go eat the ice cream. We can go to target and buy stuff. We can go hang out with our friends and like, put our feelings away for a minute and forget them and bury them back down and distract ourselves with either false pleasures and happy feelings or genuinely just like other things that bring really nice feelings, like hanging out with friends, movie nights, but feeling our feelings is such a gift and it doesn't mean that you always have to like it. But, um, like I went to bed that night again, feeling shame still, but it like, I just was with it. I wasn't fighting against it up in my head. I was down in my body, just being present with it. And because I did that, um, I just feel like I calmed the heck down. And from then on, like nothing has been as scary to me in coronavirus, including my own emotions. I think really that's what we're always the most afraid of. Like we think we're afraid of coronavirus, but if you think about it, if you go down the why chart, if you're like, well, why are you afraid of coronavirus? Cause my kids might die. Why? Because then I would feel a feeling or because we might get really sick and that might be really miserable. And I might feel really overwhelmed. Like it's always a feeling we're actually afraid of. So anyway, point number six, I feel my feelings. Then what happened? This is where it gets really fun. Point number seven, I signed nine new clients in my business, I helped nine new moms say yes to getting these tools and to changing their lives a little bit at a time with me in daily coaching. Or some of them were people who were in daily coaching with me already, my 90 day program on Boxer. And then they transitioned to doing one on one private coaching with me. Um, I genuinely just continued to keep giving, like my capacity to give became stronger and bigger. Um, during this time, after I learned how to feel my feelings, like I just was less afraid and I was able to give that gift to my clients. And so I do now currently my clients have told me this is everything to them. Like, I feel like I made a huge breakthrough as a person, which then was a breakthrough for my family and my kids and my motherhood, which then was a breakthrough for my clients and then their kids and their motherhoods. Oh my gosh. Like I am so grateful for coronavirus. Like I I've hated it sometimes, but I also I'm just grateful that I learned how to feel my feelings. I want to share that with you. So come to the free training, but, um, and then the, the best part, I think for me, like the most tender, beautiful part is that my free consults with people, which all of them said yes. And that was amazing, but it's because I just like expanded my capacity to give. And I just learned even on a deeper level, all the tools that I teach. So now is an amazing time to come coach with me, you guys. Okay. So five, six, seven. All right. And then point number eight, after giving so much, I just got better at receiving it. So one thing that I learned in my time as a business person and, um, looking back on my postpartum life, I see this too. I just didn't know it, which is there's a difference between creating a new result, but then accepting it. And so some of the work that I do with my clients is when their life starts to get just overall better and they just start to feel overall happier. Sometimes their brains want to sabotage that because our brains have, there's theories about it. There's something called the upper limit theory um, by this guy named gay something. I don't remember his last name. He has a book called the big leap. Anyway, it's just this theory that like, and I think it's really true, which is that our brains kind of tap out. They get used to being at a certain um, emotional homeostasis. And so when we start to uplevel our lives in the sense that things are going better for us in big ways, like making more money, or we're just happier as a mom. And we haven't been happy as a mom for a long time or whatever it is. They like our brains want to then make things hard in our marriage, or we fall downstairs. I've literally fallen down the stairs. I fell down the stairs right before, um, my certification training as a life coach And it's like, things were just getting really good and getting, becoming certified as a life coach was going to take me to new levels in my life. And I just knew it. And I remember one night, like it was, it was like, it should not have happened, but it did. And I, the only thing I can explain is that my subconscious was like fighting my progression because I was hitting new depths of opening myself up. This also happened. I got really, really sick right before life coach school training and like I hadn't even been around people. It was like, and the guy in um, the big leap, he talks about this and he talks about ever since he's addressed the upper limit theories for himself, he hasn't been sick, like sick, sick in years. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Like our subconscious and our body and the actions, you know, when you're not in your subconscious and you're not bringing up your subconscious and like working with it. Subconscious is just your lower brain. I know subconscious sounds so like scary and unknown and woo woo and dreams and stuff. And it is those things. I mean, it is dreams, but like I, I help my people, you know, pull up stuff from your subconscious all the time. It's just your lower brain. It's the part of you that you're not really touching base with mostly because you're up in your higher brain in your head, but it's really important. And so with coaching, I bring in the lower brain and we work with it along with your higher brain, because that's the only way you can actually get things done. Otherwise your lower brain will always be there holding you back. So coaching brings that up and helps you work with it. Okay. Um, but yeah, after giving so much, I started receiving it more. So I was receiving the money that was coming in, um, to my bank account and it was uncomfortable. Sometimes you guys, like I wanted to just get rid of it. Um, sometimes I still do have those upper limit theory, like moments with myself, but I wisely reinvested it. Um, I moderately bought a couple things that I'd been wanting for myself, like just as a way to give back to myself and replenish myself. And, I also worked and delved deeper into my money beliefs. My client, Sammy, and I were just talking about this and she knows like I've been working on my money beliefs and it's helping me receive more. And I don't know that I would have had to do that work if it weren't for all the work that I did in coronavirus to struggle and then open myself up and then create more and then receive more. So it was a really beautiful process.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and
1: conditions. 18 plus. And then point number nine, I feel like is I became a new person. I up-leveled through giving service. Um, Like service is just everything to me. I'm joining this mastermind to make more money. And I know that I will, but It's because I have a heart for service. People come to me and they stay with me because it's so rare to find somebody who genuinely cares about you and wants to help you and isn't just there to try to sell you. Like, I will for sure make offers to you every time you come in contact with me. Like, on my podcast, I have no shame in that because I love what I'm selling and I'm in integrity with it. And it's because I love you and I care about you that I will make the offers. Right. And so, Um, I'm not just here to help keep people comfortable. I'm help. I'm offering them always like the better life, the better, the the higher self. And so I love my offer. And, um, it's really comes from this place of loving on moms and having been the mom that was struggling. And I still do struggle sometimes. And so I just really have a heart for motherhood. I love motherhood. I'm so passionate about postpartum. Postpartum was the crux of my motherhood. It's where I found myself and I want to help other postpartum moms use the time that everybody's going to tell you that it's the hard time, it's the worst time, it, you just have to get through it time. I want to transform that. And I can. I have the tools and I will. I am. <laughs> I'm transforming moms and homes and minds. It starts with mindsets. So, um I'm the one that's going to I'm going to I'm going to disagree. I'm going to snap you out of it. I'm going to say, "You know what? It doesn't have to be hard. You can think it will be. You can think it has to be." And that's fine. I was there for a long time. I was in that place, but it doesn't have to be. And when you're ready, you can, you can make it something else if you want to, and I can help you do that. Right. So I'm so excited about that. And then number 10 just happened this morning. <laughs> for sure. I'm a little emotional about it. Um, it's a climactic apex point of the work that I've done in coaching and the struggle during Corona quarantine and just taking that on. And I wasn't ready to take it on at all moments was that I was accepted into, um, the top mastermind in my industry. There's no mastermind teaching sales and just service and really love with that aspect and just a very spiritual grounded way. Um, then in this mastermind with Stacey Bayman, it's the 200 K mastermind. And just this morning I opened the email and I was accepted. There were hundreds of applicants. She takes 30 people, I think, and I'm in and I wouldn't have been able to be prepared for that. And I frankly wouldn't have the audacity. I would not have had the audacity to apply for it even because it was an application process that was open for three days and for day one and half of day two, I didn't think I was going to apply. But with everything that I've learned and become through my hard work with getting coached this uh, last couple months and just wanting to serve people and chasing that love for moms and finding a way to reach them and build them up and give them free tools and then bring so many of them into my paid program. Like it's been beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm so in love with what I do and with motherhood because I knew how to face the discomfort. So here's where I want to shift the focus to you, friend. Okay. So I loved sharing my story with you, but I'm here to talk about you now. You have growth waiting for you on the other side of the discomfort and the challenges, but our ability to have that growth when we get it and how much of it we get depends on how we handle the challenges. This will always be the case. Whether I was a life coach or just a friend down the street, we, th- we know this, right? This is a life truth. The growth you get depends on how you handle the challenges. Do you know what to do with the challenges you're in? Maybe the answer is no, and that's okay. But do you want the growth on the other side and how much of it do you want in your life? My coaching program is unparalleled for postpartum moms. Let me tell you why. I'm not discouraged by suicidal thoughts. I believe postpartum depression is just a circumstance, and we can still choose gradually and with care our thoughts and feelings about it. Sometimes I think depression is less of a diagnosis and more of a feeling that's being created through thought patterns that are not serving us and that are harming us. I take this seriously. The work that I do saves lives, it brings people back to life. I encourage you to try. Antidepressants, but don't rely on them only. Why? Because sometimes they don't work. It's just true. Your doctor, your OB will tell you that. And we don't know why they do for some people and don't for others. Sometimes they have side effects and sometimes they have the opposite effect. So they worked for me pretty well with my second baby, and I'm grateful for them. They were like a lifeline when I had nothing else. But God had other things in store for me for my third. And even though the doctor and I upped the dosages, to the maximum levels to prevent postpartum mental health issues. Like it still happened full force. I still got to the place of suicidal thoughts and the meds were not able to save me from that and to help me. And like I said, I believe that it was meant to be that way because it led me to coaching and I was meant to do this work for moms. So they are not hundred percent reliable, right? Antidepressants and our medical system for that matter, is not 100% reliable. As we have seen more than ever with this coronavirus, right? The medical system's not always prepared to meet our needs. It's a system made of people like you and I that are imperfect and it has its limits and it has its priorities, right? You go to any hospital, they're laying people off at a time when we need them more than ever because priorities, they're a system, finances, paying people, people at the top, people at the bottom. and unfortunately. It's not got your health always. It can't have your health at its best interest always, or else the system might collapse. Sometimes it has limits on how far it can reach into your life to help you. So as the world gets scarier, and as the systems that are in our lives reach their limits, we must get stronger. We must not wait for the people in charge or the big systems to take care of us. We must delegate our mental and emotional health to no one else. This doesn't mean that you don't hire people to help you, like, you know, use a doctor or hire me, for example. For sure, we delegate by choice, but it's not from a place of you need to save me. I think that was my place that I went to, to my doctor with, but from a place of I'm here to get what I need. I'm going to use this program or use this doctor to help me get what I have identified that I need or I'm going to use his knowledge and I'm going to play an active role in participating with the person that I hire to get the results that I need in my life. And that's where I get my mindset of my clients is that they are responsible for getting what they need. I guarantee that I have what they need, but they have to get it, right? That's why some people can come to coaching and then quit or fall off or not come. And then other people come and they they get all that they need and more. And like, so you're, whether you're a health patient or a client of mine with coaching, you have to ask yourself, am I delegating and hoping that somebody else will save me and get me what I need? Or am I playing an active role in getting what I need and working with the people in my life who have the tools and the answers and the knowledge medical, you know, or otherwise, um, working with them to get what I need. Do you see the difference? If you get on social media and just like, look at the postpartum depression hashtag, um, look at all the social workers. And like, there's so many people that don't think that way. And they think that the system should just give you all the help. And you can totally think that if you want, right? Like this episode might not sit well for you. This, what I'm saying right now, that's totally fine what I'm saying has served me and it serves my clients. It's saved my life, frankly, this way of looking at my mental health. That being said, this is what makes me different. This is what makes me stand out. And this is also why my people get really amazing results, really great results. You know, that metaphor, teach a man to fish, feed him for life. Like you give a man a fish and you feed him for a meal. But if you teach a man to fish, you feed him for life. And that's really my goal with my coaching. I'm not just wanting to coach you, coach you, coach you. Oh, so you feel better. I want to teach you how to manage anxiety throughout the rest of your life. I want to teach you how to make friends with depressiveness so that if it ever happens again, it doesn't take you under. You can do that. Did you know that? Like it doesn't have to totally paralyze you and take you down deep. I feel depressiveness every February with the season changes and I know what to do with it. It's possible, right? It's crazy. I think what happens is we resist our depression and we feel bad for ourselves and we feel scared and it just compiles and piles and piles until we literally have no emotional bandwidth left. So I teach my clients how to do these things for life I will teach you the same tools I've used to go from the deep waters of postpartum depression and the shaky panic attack grounds of postpartum anxiety to in love with and having hope for my motherhood again. From being overweight by 50 pounds to healthily and permanently losing that weight for good and from a place of love. I am the woman to teach you how to take your life back starting postpartum and going beyond because that's what I've done. You guys, like my life was so gone and out of my hands. I just felt like lost in my motherhood. That doesn't mean I was miserable or unhappy all the time, but in those quiet moments, I was aching for more and I didn't know how to get out of the depression, but even before my depression and anxiety, I think I was like, I like to say I was living in the box of religious and societal expectations that I thought were like doctrine. I thought I had to be in there. And then I just sort of started realizing how much of it was totally optional and still within the frame of a Christ centered disciples life and a wonderful mother. So It doesn't have to be for you how it was for me. I was scared for too long. I was ashamed and I was honestly neglecting and not really honoring my own emotions for a long time. And this took a toll on my mind, my mental health, my emotions, and my behaviors. You guys, we sold our home. My husband quit his job in order to get me help. Like we had to go live with in-laws. I needed help. I was desperate. But right now in this moment, you are not because you have me. I didn't have me. And if you take me up on this offer, I will give you your life back. Essentially. I will teach you how to fish. (laughs) I will not just give you the fish, right? And I will teach you how to never get like this again. So it starts in my 90 day program with, we work on resisting, not resisting your emotions. I help you learn to process them. That's where most of the problems are created is when we resist our emotions and we don't want to feel them. We try to run away from them. That's when most of the mental and emotional problems start. Then we work once we've done that on building cognitive awareness on helping you pay attention to what your thoughts are, but you really can't do that when your emotions are so huge. And so we kind of even out the emotions, get into your body, slow things down in your mind. And then we go up into your mind when it's slowed down And we work on that cognitive awareness because our thoughts create our feelings and our actions. And so we work there. The next thing we do is we practice and apply this daily for 90 days. And on Thursdays we do weekly group calls, um, where not only are you getting help with the tools from me in real time and you get to see my face, but you're hearing other moms connect and go through these things. Just on this last call yesterday, one of my clients was like, oh my gosh, I identify with that so much. So I love, 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 um, the group coaching things because on Thursdays, like all of us just get to connect. And I just watch my clients support one another and cheer for each other and like comment in the coaching. And I'm just getting more powerful, powerful, powerful coaching. So are you with us? Do you want to join us? It's totally free to get started and talk with me about it. You just book a free hour long consult. I love consults. So please come talk to me. I'm really easy to talk to. You can book your consult using the link and do it yourself, or you can just reach out to me. You can email me, DM me on Instagram and just ask me about getting started with a consult and we can schedule it right then and there. All right, you guys, I love you. If coronavirus quarantine is ending where you are, congrats. Take it easy deliberately choose how you want to go about your life, you know, going forward. I know you will. And then I'll do the same. Don't forget to register for the free class on Thursday, the 14th at 11am mountain standard time. The registration link is here in the show notes or in the link in my bio on Instagram. And I will see you there. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lizzie here. If you've been struggling and you're ready for more help, I want to invite you to book a consult with you. I offer free hour-long consults where we go over what's not working, your vision for the future of your motherhood, and how I would help you given my tools and expertise. To schedule your free consult, visit my booking page at go.oncehub.com forward slash Lizzie Langston. I fully believe that you can get to where you want to go. I'll see you on the consult.